0: Welcome, Bird Gang, and welcome to a Victory Monday, the earliest Victory Monday since 2015, the last time this team started a season 1-0. and About we revisit the 24-20 win at the 49ers. A lot to like, a lot to work on. Contributions from everyone in all three phases. Can you say anything more about DeAndre Hopkins? We'll give it a shot. A strong run game from the Cardinals. But the defense... That is what set this team apart from the 49ers. Also, Chris Strebler, there is news on the CFL quarterback. He is now your backup quarterback. It's all ahead. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 310, and it starts now.
1: Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals and by Arizona Cardinals podcasts visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts Murray rolls to the right throws near side defense caught, and he's into the end zone for the touchdown here's Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki
0: well funny how much better Mondays feel after a win, but let's face it MJ this was not just any win one this was a road win Two, this was a division win. And three, a win against the team that represented the NFC in the Super Bowl. So we talked about it not only last week, but all offseason. The Cardinals would be tested week one. They certainly were, and they passed the test.
1: There's no doubt, Craig. And really, it was a a measuring stick or a litmus test from a standpoint. Where do they stand against some of the teams in the NFC? And one thing you didn't include in there, it's also a conference win. And that helps. And we know this team went toe to toe last year. Unfortunately, they didn't win um, any of those games, but you know, we got to give the defense a lot of credit here. And usually you got four to six plays every game. Um, The offense obviously played much better in the second half. Uh, They were down 10 nothing in that game, but I thought defensively, I like what their rotation was. I like the fact that, you know, um, Patrick Peterson wasn't guarding the number one wide receiver because they were down with their top two guys in Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, who really flashed in offseason workouts. So I, I really like what the defense did, and you know they were able to get some some pressure up front. And you know we talked about some of the keys that the Cardinals were going to win, and you know Dan Arnold wasn't the X factor, but maybe on a play that he didn't touch the ball, I'll get into it a little bit later that he he had a hand in the pile when it came to the Chase Edmonds, when the Cardinals scored uh, right after the block punt. So defensively, we, we give credit to special teams and the defense.
0: Well, you gave three keys last week for the Cardinals to win. And I don't know if we expected all three to happen, but we'll go one by one on each of those keys and also talk about the defense. But we have heard from head coach Cliff Kingsbury now twice since the end of that ball game, obviously post game. And then he, addressed the media earlier on Monday. and did want to point out a couple of things that he had to say, because it's what we talked about, certainly on Cardinal talk. One, the injury situation. The Cardinals saw Jalen Thompson and Mason Cole both leave this game. DJ Humphreys also did as well. But according to the snap count, MJ, Humphreys was only off the field for one play. So knock on wood, the Cardinals are good with their left tackle. Now, as far as Thompson He left in the first quarter because of an ankle injury. Mason Cole early in the second half because of a hamstring injury. Kingsbury did not have any updates on either of those two players, but I think it was important to note here that the players that came into that game stepped up their game and received some high praise from the head coach.
1: Absolutely. You know, between uh, Chris Banjo and, you know, I think we were all wondering do the Cardinals need to add another safety? Um, In the offseason, they retained Chris Banjo. He got a chance to play last year when Deontay Thompson was going through some injuries and then eventually was inactive. Um, So Banjo's a guy that plays on teams, and that's how you kind of carve his his career out. And then Lamont Gilliard, um, you know, he's been the backup center. Didn't really get a chance to play last year. You know, Max Garcia, I thought would be your interior guy. We know you can dress eight this year, Justin Murray. Lamont Gilliard and Max Garcia. Garcia plays a little bit on on special teams, maybe on the extra point and the field goals. Um, So that was impressive. And that's what you want from guys that are, you know, going in their second year. And I'll throw Byron Murphy in there. You know, we'll talk about that drive right there because him and Patrick Peterson really saved the day. Otherwise, we're probably having a different conversation today.
0: Yeah, Banjo on the field for 50 of the 62 defensive snaps and Gilliard more snaps than Mason Cole did 46 to 36 we'll see as far as as the week progresses ahead of Washington what this means but certainly when you have depth and that was something that was discussed as well and give credit to general manager Steve kahn and his staff because you know it's going to happen injuries are a part of this game the question is do you have a second string do you have a third string if needed that can come in, maybe not be as successful or as talented, but at least get in there, be serviceable, and not make a lot of mistakes. And Cardinals, I think, with Gilliard and Banjo, have that depth at least through one game.
1: And also a guy like Justin Murray. You know, he's got 12 starts, played in 14 games. Now, you know, obviously he's probably going to be your swing tackle, even though they do move Calvin Beecham to left tackle for that play. Uh, but that's the flexibility, and we know if you're going to dress on game day, you have to play multiple positions because position flexibility will make a player or two last a little bit longer in the league versus just playing one position and you get comfortable in your in, in your own skin.
0: The other news item it certainly was a surprise when the inactive list was announced 90 minutes before kickoff that Brett Hundley would be inactive and we all anticipated that he was going to be your backup quarterback. In fact, we discussed it when we were doing our 53-man roster. I was not someone that bought into what Kingsbury had said about, yeah, it's a competition between Hunley and Chris Strebler. Well, folks, uh, not only was it a competition, but Strevler won that competition, and Kingsbury confirming today that Strebler is going to be the backup quarterback for the foreseeable future, in his words, Quote, we just feel like Strev gives us an edge, end quote. Nothing, anything Hunley did or did not do, but the versatility of Strevler not only as a quarterback, but perhaps being able to play special teams, giving him the slight edge over Hunley as far as the number two quarterback is concerned.
1: Well, two things that also that I, I when we heard Cliff talk, one was he complimented the way Hunley played in the Seattle game last year. So it's not like they're down on him. And then Strebler played one special teams. I think he was, he was covering a punt. And then he obviously, they used Kyler Murray in, in motion, and he was able to get the first down. And Cliff made it very clear he is a quarterback. You know, you look at Tyson Hill. He was running out for passage yesterday with Drew Brees under center or in the shotgun. He made it very clear he's a quarterback. And they, they're really impressed the way he's able to pick up the system. I think he's good for the quarterback room, but my biggest concern was the guys played in the CFL. And if something happens to Kyler Murray, you know, they're going to tell us they're not going to change their offense, but, you know, he can run. He's very athletic, he's a strong guy. Um, So it's very intriguing that they they made that decision, but, you know, in in the long run, you know, if they can keep Murray upright, then, you know, maybe not, we're not going to see him as much as maybe we initially thought. But you had him keeping three quarterbacks. I had him keeping two. And we know teams, when it comes to, to game day actives, you got to be selective at certain positions. Maybe you go heavy at a certain position. So they're only going to address two quarterbacks. And right now it appears to be Kyler Murray and Chris Strebler.
0: Yeah, I'm not a fan of taking Murray off the field. Now, he was on the field on that third and one in which Strevler dove for the first down they needed one yard he got him three but what I do like about the utilization of Strevler in that situation if you're going to call a quarterback sneak I would much rather it be him than Kyler Murray trying to sneak the ball for a crucial first down and if that's see maybe there's some different variations of that but those would be the only situations that I can see right now in which I would be okay that Kyler Murray is not either under center or on the
1: shotgun. Well, that's a great point. And, you know, you we, well, we watch Tom Brady do it. He kind of mastered it on third and fourth down. He would take the ball and just kind of put it over the line. But you're exactly right, and I didn't think about that as the game was unfolding and I watched that play because the last thing you want to do is have him dive into the pile and he gets jacked up. And that could be, you know, a shoulder, that could be, you know, your, your neck gets pushed back a little bit. Uh, some guys come in the league at one. by the time they retire, they're like 5'9", 5'10", because they take so many hits. And that reminded me of Ronald McKinnon, even though he was kind of MacDog, where, you know, he was a smaller linebacker from a small school. Um, but yeah, I didn't even think of that, but that's a very good point.
0: Cardinal fans, if you haven't already, make sure you update to the latest version of the Cardinals mobile app today. The update features an all-new redesigned home screen experience, the slash app for more. 24-20, the final at Levi's Stadium, the Cardinals beating the 49ers 1-0 for the first time since 2015. They do it and come from behind fashion. We talked all last season and into the off season, MJ, how many games this team was in, but was on the wrong end of a one score ball game. Well, here they are on the right side of a one score ball game, and it's interesting because as excited as we were about this offense, here we are in week one, not only immediately afterwards, but now the day after, we're talking about the defense. Yeah, the offense did its things, and we'll get to DeAndre Hopkins.
1: Hey, but that's I'm a- sorry. I- That's the first time we mentioned
0: Hopkins. (laughs) Hey, he'll he'll get his due, but I think we have to really focus in on what this defense was able to do on the road with a bunch of new faces and basically not talked a whole lot about heading into this season except for, hey – can you cover the tight end and does Chandler Jones get 20 sacks? And, well, what does Patrick Peterson have to do in 2020 to get back to his rightful form as an all-pro and a pro bowler? But uh, I got to admit, I'm very, very impressed for one game about this defense.
1: Who got the Cardinals' first sack of the season? Angelo, Angelo Blackson. Blackson. 27 years old, 6 feet, 4, 200 or 320 pounds, more of defensive end. He got the first sack of the season. We should have been in a pool. <laughs> I would have went Chandler, Chandler, Zach Allen, maybe Jordan Phillips. He would have been the last guy. And that was another Steve Keim, Adrian Wilson pickup.
0: He played 23 snaps, had a sack, tackle for loss, two quarterback hits, and someone that was just added. Made his presence felt early in this contest. And I think his teammates started to kind of feed off of what he was able to do. And it certainly showed up throughout the entire game. And if we can just ignore maybe the first five minutes, um, the Cardinals defense really was able to make some adjustments, make some corrections and really put it to the 49ers the rest of the way.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I was a big Jonathan Bullard fan. I still am and he's on the practice squad and it looks like black Sun probably is the guy that replaced him because we talked about, you know, I thought Zach Allen, uh, obviously he had a sack. Chandler had a sack and for the most part, I thought Zach Allen, you know, would rotate. Um, but obviously Jordan Phillips didn't play the entire game. You look at his snap count. I, I thought he played a little bit more, but it's the first week and you got to make sure these guys are fresh. But, uh, the fact that they can rotate guys in from the linebacker spot. Now, it didn't look like um, they went with Isaiah Simmons on the first play of the game, but I want to say he was in that first possession. Um, I, I, I watched the shortcut version today. I didn't see him on the first play of the game, but obviously when the Niners uh, change uh, personnel, he was on the field. So, um, And we'll get into him because uh, it looked like he had uh, baptized him by fire when it came to, you know, what it's like to be in the NFL as a rookie.
0: Yeah, he was only on the field for 18 snaps, and a lot of those were early in the ball game. But uh, he did start the game. In fact, the Cardinals started five linebackers. But first play, a five-yard catch by George Kittle, and it was Simmons who got called for the horse collar, so there was that and then it looked like Simmons either was beaten or not in correct position on the 49ers' second offensive series in which Raheem Mostert got inside, caught it, and then took off downfield for a 76-yard touchdown. Those are two glaring things for Simmons certainly to correct, and we do have to make mention that because there was no offseason, not that I'm going to give him a break, but just something to keep in the back of your mind for a rookie who had a lot of expectation and all of a sudden now kind of maybe feels a little bit of heat because he didn't produce in the first game.
1: Yeah, I'm not worried about him. I think we, we, we uh, yelled fire in a theater when we said temper expectations. Now, when you if they didn't have Campbell on the roster and, and Jordan Hicks, you know, had missed games last year, you say, well, this guy's going to get a chance to play. And one thing we mentioned, we'll see how his snap count uh, increases. Like, I think it's going to be the same. It could be up based on personnel. And based on the opponent, and so we'll we'll follow his snap count. But you know, even though the Cardinals considered him a weak side linebacker, they want to keep him in the box. um, We did see him in in coverage, and obviously that's something he's going to have to learn. But I'm not worried about the player. I still think he's got to get stronger to shed blocks if he's going to go with with a guard or an offensive tackle. And that's just you know spending more time in the weight room. And we've seen you know guys like. Zach Allen and Mason Cole make strides from year one to two or year two to three, considering, uh, you know, Zach Allen was injured uh, last year. So it's just a matter of time. But clearly, they didn't draft him for one game. They didn't draft him for this season. They drafted him for the next four or five years.
0: Quoting Kingsbury about Simmons, there's going to be some growing pains early on. And then he added, but I expect him to get better and better, end quote. Let's take a look at... The three biggest plays, at least for me, MJ, in this ball game. and fans, none of these plays are on the offensive end. And the first big play of this ball game, and perhaps after we look maybe two months down the road from here, maybe if we're talking about big games in December, I know it was early in the contest. first quarter, the blocked punt. Ezekiel Turner going up the middle, getting his hand on the football. Dennis Gardeck recovers. And this was after a three and outs. And all of a sudden, you've tilted field position. You take over at your 10-yard line. And the very next snap of the football, Kyler Murray throws a 10-yard swing pass to Chase Edmonds, who scores. And in a matter of seconds, MJ, instead of 10 nothing, it's now 10-7, still early in this contest, but uh, I think a pivotal point in the ball game.
1: Well, and sometimes if you're playing in a team that, you know, we feel like with Cardinals step on the field this year, they're, they're expecting to win versus hoping to win and keep it close to the fourth quarter. Uh, that's how you win football games in the NFL. You tilt fill position, you get a special team's touchdowns. Hopefully the defense will create some turnovers, get a pick six, because that can go a long way. Now let's break that play down because I did ask Coach about that Earlier on Monday afternoon, and that was Kyler Murray was in the wishbone and then he utilized the play action. He rolls out a little bit. Dan Arnold looks like he's he's running a route and they freeze the linebackers. And then Kyler throws the ball to Chase Edmonds. All of a sudden he gets in the end zone. But that's huge because you have a special teams play. We know that there's no fans there, but it gets the guys excited. And when you give the offense the ball at the 10-yard line, they know they have to score. Now, I didn't know if they would score on the first play, but I, I would agree with that. That was kind of a turning point early in that game.
0: Yeah, and give Edmonds credit with the stretch, hitting the pylon to score the touchdown. And a play that we got to take Kingsbury at his word did not come from him he admitted earlier today that that play was stolen from Tennessee a couple of years back. So, uh, Hey, and this is what happens. It's a copycat league. If you like something from another team, you certainly add it to your own game book, your own game plan. And that's exactly what Kingsbury, did. but uh, that sequence, certainly, I think as you said it, um, I don't know about momentum, but you could certainly tell on the sidelines that as dejected as these players might have been when they were down 10 nothing in the blink of an eye, now all of a sudden you're feeling much better about yourself. you got a defensive stop, a special teams play, and then an offensive touchdown. And right there, uh, I think the Cardinals showed that they could compete and be on the same field as the
1: 49ers. And he says he's 2-for-2 two two on that play. Tennessee,
0: Florida on its on that play as well. Now the Cardinals have as well. So I don't I don't know if we'll see that play again this season.
1: Well, I'm glad he said he didn't get it from Allen High School.
0: <laughs> That's coming later this season.
1: <laughs> Kyler Kyler Murray's gonna say this worked at high school.
0: By the way, Chase Edmonds, eighty seven all purpose yards. And I think on Cardinal talk I shorted him. Not a, a snap, but I only said he had nine touches. I forgot. He had a 42-yard kickoff return. So I'm going to add that to not only his 26 yards rushing and 19 yards receiving. Chase Edmonds, I know a lot of Bird Gang want to see more uh, 29 on the field, and certainly when the ball is in his hands, he has delivered so far this season.
1: Well, not only the Bird game, but I, I think all three of us were in agreement, and, and really Kyle Vandenbosch was doing the postgame show with us, and it's a conversation him and I had as the game was unfolding, waiting to go on the air. Uh, and so, yeah. You mean, I mean
0: Rob Fredrickson.
1: Rob Fredrickson. Sorry. Rob Fredrickson. Anyways. So we were able to, um, you know, have a little bit of a chat there, but I think, you know, what Steve Kimes said on Doug and Wolf was he thinks this guy could be a, a frontline starter. Now we know Drake's under contract for one year. Uh, obviously Drake's the bell cow, but he's a great change of pace back. I think he's, Really fluent in the in the in the passing game. Uh, obviously, he's not afraid to, to in pass protection. So I like the one-two punch, and you know I think that's the way it's going to be uh, when you look at the next couple of months.
0: Two other plays we want to highlight here on this edition of Cardinals Cover Two, presented by Hyundai, a partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Again, both on the defensive end on the 49ers. Fifth possession of the ball game. In fact, it's 10-7 at this point. The Cardinals offense has just gone three and out, and the 49ers are marching down the field. It's fourth and goal at the one, and I completely agree with Kyle Shanahan's decision to go for it. You get down to the one-yard line, you should be able to get that yard for a score, but Raheem Mostert is stopped short by Devondre Campbell and Devon Kennard. It was challenged. The call stood, but that was huge. Another play in which the Cardinals defense showed up and said, hey, we're here and we're not just going to lay down for you.
1: Yeah, and not only Kennard is, is an outside linebacker, but you, you, you know sometimes you'll see the quarterback fake the ball and he'll try to run to the pile on uh, like Kyle Murray does. Um, but to me, when you're that close, you go north and south. You don't go east and west. So you try to bring it up the belly, and obviously they're able to read that. And I had no issue with Shanahan. uh, Like Mike McCarthy last night, I wanted to kick the field goal to force overtime, but this is why these guys get paid a lot of money um, to call these plays. But, yes, that was another key point from the standpoint. They could have settled for three, then they're kicking off. You wonder about the Cardinals' field position. So um, another key play in the game and on defense.
0: And we see why Vance Joseph was so high on wanting Campbell to uh, be in a Cardinals uniform, why it made him a priority this offseason. He played every single defensive snap as did Jordan Hicks. So no more revolving door inside linebacker, but he also finished with seven tackles second only to Buda Baker who had 15. Um, but that Devondre Campbell signing, I know it was only a one year deal. But I think it does allow for the Cardinals, as we talked about, to slow play Isaiah Simmons. Now, week one, they didn't slow play him. They kind of threw him right into the fire. But maybe they dial him back a little bit here over the next couple of weeks.
1: Yeah. I mean, like I said, we're just going to, you know, watch, you know, his opportunities. Um, you know, you'd like to see if he's not starting. And we know they went with three inside linebackers. Um you know, I don't know how much he'll play on special teams, but he's got to get his feet wet. And you know, he has a really good position coach, um, so he'll you know he'll figure it out. Um, but you have to watch yourself on film, and it may not be pretty, um, but it, you just hope he doesn't make the same mistakes over. And I'm not worried about his confidence. I'm not worried about his football IQ. Um, but a lot of times the game is played between the ears, and. You know, maybe the game's a little fast for him right now because that was the first time where you play in the preseason. You kind of figure it out, even though a lot of those guys are not on NFL rosters when we get to week one. Um, But he's going to be fine. It's just the good news is they don't have to rely on him to be the, the savior in this first year of his career. So they have other guys that have done it at a high level, and that's Campbell and Hicks. And then obviously Chandler and you throw in Kennard.
0: The last play, I think that deserves to be highlighted, and this is kind of more of a sequence, but how this game ended with the defense on the field needing a stop. And remember, a year ago, the second meeting against the 49ers, also at Levi's Stadium, this defense, MJ, was unable to get an end-of-game stop to beat the 49ers. The offense had the lead, and the defense allowed a touchdown to take the go-ahead score, and ultimately win by 10 points. But here, almost deja vu, if you will. Jimmy Garoppolo driving down the field. He takes two shots into the end zone. Patrick Peterson, Byron Murphy with pass breakups. Then on fourth and five at the 16-yard line, Garoppolo once again looks at the direction of Trent Taylor, and there Murphy is once again to knock the ball away. Another pass breakup for the second-year cornerback, the local kid out of Saguaro High School, Huge play and I think a huge confidence boost for him.
1: Yeah, what he went through last year was only going to make him stronger. He went through a lot of uh, being targeted. I always mention, you know, there was a time he was covering Julio Jones and, you know, he was playing outside and he he was playing outside his position, so to speak. But here um, in Patrick Peterson, it looked like Garoppolo tried to float the ball a little bit and actually hit Patrick's helmet. Uh, Byron Murphy made a play on the ball twice. So I think what he went through with the growing pains and, you know, trial by air, he's going to be a much better football player for it. And I'm sure he's more comfortable and confident because he's playing his natural position. Now, one thing Drake Kirkpatrick and coach hit on in the last week that, you know, since he's only been here a few weeks, they were going to watch his pitch count. And he didn't play a ton. So it looks like Byron Murphy and then Buda Baker was playing in the box Um, So that was interesting. But I think his snap count will go up based on him getting more conditioning and learning the, the defense.
0: Good point. Kirkpatrick did not start and only played 20 of the 62 defensive snaps. So perhaps conditioning, maybe just the game plan against a team that did not have all of its wide receivers and was more run heavy and tight end heavy. So something to pay attention to. And again, each week is a new week as we continue to break down the Cardinals 24-20 win here on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Subscribe to Arizona Cardinals Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Listen to your favorite shows on the go like Cardinals Underground, The Big Red Rays, the Cardinals Red Sea Report, and of course, this show, Cardinals Cover 2. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. Let's go back to last Friday, our preview for this week one contest. You had three keys for the Cardinals to win on Sunday. They did win. Let's go over each of those three keys. Number one was contain the run. And I think for the most part, MJ, a fairly decent job. The 49ers did go for 123 yards on the ground, almost a five-yard per carry average. Really back-breaking plays. And when the Cardinals defense needed to stop, they got this stop.
1: Yeah, and they were number two in rushing behind the Baltimore Ravens. So, I mean, they're, they're a team. Now, I thought we'd see more of Jarrett McKinnon because he's been injury prone, and I got to think he's got fresh legs. And then you look at the uh, touchdown that um, Simmons gave up. That was a passing play. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I don't like the five yards, but I never felt like they were in danger. And the Cardinals did a great job on third down. At one point, the Niners were 0 for 9. I think they finished 2 for eleven. Okay, and the Cardinals they were close to 40 to 45 percent, and the Niners went for it twice on fourth down, so maybe they were even two for, um, two for 11. But uh, so that tells me they were getting them off the field. But I like to see that average yards per carry go down, and you don't want to see a lot of rushing touchdowns.
0: Well, the longest run from scrimmage was McKinnon's 16-yard run. He only finished with 24 yards on the ground. Hey, the Cardinals had a better rushing attack than the 49ers 180 yards on the ground and a buck 24 in the second half are you surprised by the success the Cardinals had running the football and to a certain extent how much Murray was successful running the ball
1: no because they were playing that cover two, which is we're going to let everything underneath and we're not going to let you know I thought the Cardinals uh, whether you want to say they made some halftime adjustments um, I thought they threw the ball down the field more in the second half, um, to kind of loosen it up because that, you know, I, I think when Murray, the majority of his runs that there was only a six man box. And when he had a seven man box, it was a little bit different. Let me ask you this, Craig, and not because it was Kyler Murray, maybe it is, but normally quarterbacks are in, in the underneath center the and they need. So Brady didn't want to have negative yards for his career. So, Murray is, I think he's in the gun, and he kneels. He took away nine yards, yep. or 11 yards. He was
0: at 100 yards rushing, and then two kneel downs. He finishes with so 91 nine yards. yards on the ground. So, yeah, and he four. lost nine yards on those final two kneel downs. It's unfortunate, but it's what happens. He wasn't happy about it at the end of the game, but he'll take well, the he W. Well,
1: he would have been one of the, him and Marcus Mariota would have been one of the only players to rush for 100 yards and throw for over two yards and get a rushing touchdown. So, I mean, I get it. I I just think maybe ought to put him under center. Now, you don't want him to get jacked up, you know, unless Greg Shiano's still in the league where they're they're fighting to the end. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised. And five quarterbacks led their team in rushing. They all won, including Russell Wilson.
0: Murray rushed for 81 yards in the second half alone. And I think we'll see a little bit more of that ground game, especially if the Colts are able to either, one, have the lead or keep it to within one possession because then all of a sudden every play in your arsenal is open. It's when you're down multiple scores. It's when you've got to air it out a little bit more than perhaps teams want to or head coaches would like to. The second key that you had on Friday was what, MJ
1: eliminate the chunk plays, splash plays, which I consider over 20 yards, and then a chunk play would be over 40 yards. Now, we know they gave up the huge touchdown for 76 yards, So, um, but we went through it last week. Um, in both games, they almost had multiple splash plays, over 20 yards, and then I want to say maybe they had a couple over 40 yards. So eliminate the big plays because, to me, um, I thought the defense would be a lot more on the same page not so much miscommunication, guys running free, um, but they did have the one. But I thought if you can eliminate big plays and chunk plays, that will go a long way in the victory.
0: I'm looking at the 10 longest plays for the 49ers. Eight happened in the first half, including six in the first quarter. The biggest, obviously, the 76-yard catch and run by Mostert for the touchdown. The other big play was a 41-yard pass from Garoppolo to Kyle Juszczyk in the fourth quarter and that almost could have been a backbreaker but it was not but you nailed it eliminate the big plays or contain the big plays and the Cardinals for the most part were able to do that defensively
1: and number three was Dan Arnold he caught a couple balls um looks like him and Max Williams kind of they were very even on the on the snap count um you know and then Darrell Daniels plays more on special teams. Matter of fact, he was one of the guys I thought was going to try to pick up the football, but Gardick got it and was able to uh, advance the ball a little bit there. Um, You know, I think Arnold's going to be a a target when the Cardinals go three wide, one tight and one back. Um, But I I mentioned earlier on that that play by Kyler Murray to Chase Edmonds, I mean, he was able to freeze the linebackers. So uh, even though it doesn't show up in the box score or, or the stats, uh, but again, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of Dan Arnold. and I think he's going to do good things this year.
0: Well, let's be honest. It's hard to be a factor, the X factor, as you put it, when DeAndre Hopkins is getting 16 targets and basically wide open on his 14th and final catch of the ball game. There was something as we, you know, 30 minutes into this show here, we're going to finally talk about number 10's debut, but it's what everyone has been talking about since the game wrapped up on Sunday afternoon I do not expect Hopkins to get 14 catches for 150 yards week in and week out but there is something to be said about that chemistry between quarterback and wide receiver and what happened to not practicing enough not getting enough reps in training camp that just flew out the window
1: well they lined up on the left side and Richard Sherman he plays sides so he avoided, you know, their number one corner who's made a living, future Hall of Famer, you know, being physical, playing press coverage, getting interceptions. You know, he's, he's a playmaker. So they line him up on the left side and he gets separation, and he didn't make any circus catches. Um, it looked like him and Kyler had a miscommunication. I think Kyler was expecting him to come back for the ball. So that was one mineral error. I want to say I don't know if if Hop didn't hear the call, but they were they weren't on the same page, and you could see looked at him in color. They had a conversation on the sidelines, but yeah, I still think you know practicing goes a long way. But I think he's definitely going to get targeted. I mean, he could have 140 targets now. Christian Kirk's going to have to step up um, when the ball's thrown to him. We know Larry's um, really good when it comes to finding the sticks. Um, he finds ways to get open. He's very savvy. And Larry would give yards after catch. But Larry's biggest contribution yesterday was helping uh,
0: Mason Cole and helping the officials spot the ball right before the uh, end of the first half.
1: Yeah, what, what a great teaching moment. And I'm sure Belichick will show that to his team because Kingsbury said they do a lot of situational football. You know, maybe the fire drill, get the, get the field goal unit on the field. And they could be, you know, they can obviously have a fake field goal called. And then you gotta call it off because they, they're noticing something. So situational football doesn't get discussed enough, and that's between the ears. And you don't want to leave plays on the field. So um, I think that's a great teaching moment. And I think it was um, a question at Kingsbury today that a couple of high school coaches reached out to Cam Cameron and they said we wanna show that play to our players. But I think in house, and I know Belichick, you know, uh, looks at Larry Fitzgerald with high regards. I'm sure he's going to show that team because you have to know down and distance. And can you imagine if they didn't line up and get the field goal? Uh, Obviously, you know, uh, Gonzalez is going to have to make some of these field goals, but I'm not really worried about him.
0: Yeah. Selflessness is what Kingsbury said that would describe Larry Fitzgerald with that play because 13 seconds on the clock, Hopkins makes the catch goes down and immediately Fitz runs over and and, he didn't take the ball. I think Hopkins almost handed the ball to him, but Fitz sprints towards the middle of the field, gives it to Mason Cole, who gives it to the umpire, spots the football, and just like that, you've got two, three seconds left to go before the end of the first half because, remember, the Cardinals did not have any timeouts. So, once Murray. again, yeah. heads up football IQ for uh, number 11.
1: Yeah, and Murray did a good job. You know, He knew how much time was left. Um, and he was able to spike it. And to me, that that's exactly what you want to do, stop the clock. As you said, no timeouts, clock runs out, you don't get any points. And then you're allowed a field goal unit to get on there.
0: Now, my guess is after watching film, Washington will, uh, and even Detroit and everyone else, uh, there'll be a different game plan against the Cardinals moving forward.
1: Well, there are times when they had bunches. They had three wide receivers. You know, the majority of the game he lined up, I want to say probably, 60 or 70 percent on the left side but there was the time they had bunches it was hopkins kirk and larry on, on the right formation so it's possible if you want to move them around that's fine but kyler murray realizes and again i'm just glad they didn't go out and spend money in free agency i think they were intrigued with the wide receivers in the draft um you know, maybe they didn't like the top couple guys, but they, they definitely liked a couple receivers and they took the best available player in Isaiah Simmons. So, you know, I know that Tom Brady got traded. We talked about it in the post game last year. Jamal Adams got traded. Trent Williams got traded. But that David Johnson and DeAndre Hopkins trade to me was the most fascinating trade in the offseason.
0: Oh, that's already paying dividends. And if you want, you can say it worked as well for the Houston Texans. It came in a loss, but. Johnson looked very very good on that Thursday night opener. Last point here on Hopkins and I think this is something that Kingsbury said at the end of his video conference call with reporters on Monday. Hopkins was given a game ball and to no one's surprise after this contest in fact you can go to azcardinals.com and the social media accounts to see Kingsbury's post game locker room speech and giving Hopkins the game. A couple things here to note. One, is how much joy Hopkins had on his face and how much excitement his teammates had to see Hopkins get singled out. You're talking about a veteran here, MJ. I'm sure he's got football stacked from one end of the room to another, yet this meant a lot to him. It's not lip service. He wants to be here. He just signed his contract, and you can just see that, as he mentioned, not only post game but in that locker room, There's something special that he sensed when he first arrived.
1: Yeah, and he he said he he got that feeling when he was in the building, and now they weren't in the same building. Um, Yeah, I mean, listen, I mean, the guy's in his prime, and hopefully they're together for the next five to ten years. I mean, he's embraced the Valley. He's embraced uh, the culture. He's embraced the coaching staff. He's embraced, I mean, the fact that he negotiated 90% of his contract with Steve Kime, and that's never comfortable. Because you don't want to tell a player what he's good at, and then you have poke holes in his game. Um, And he also had three advisors, and maybe that's a future where guys don't want to pay agents 3%. Larry Fitzgerald, unfortunately his agent passed away, Eugene Parker. and So Larry obviously has a direct link to the general manager and and the owner, Michael Bidwell, so he can negotiate his own contract. So, yeah, I mean... I just, like I said, I know Tom Brady was a free agent signing, but when you look at trades, I think it tips the scale what they were able to accomplish.
0: And Kingsbury brought up the fact, not only did Hopkins play well after getting a contract extension, Buda Baker, 15 tackles, a team high 15 tackles. He as well receiving a contract extension in the off season. And that's what you want to see not only do your big play or your big time players make big time plays, but they get rewarded and they continue to have that same mentality. Much like we've talked about with Chandler Jones, he signs that extension and only got better and continues to get better. And I think we could say the same thing about Hopkins and Buda Baker.
1: Yeah. I mean, those two guys, I mean, just based on their positions, they're not going to get fat and happy. Um, You know, Cliff also pointed out at the time, and it, it it changes, but they are the two as high paid players at that those positions, safety and wide receiver. So it's it's not like they were reading their uh, press clippings, and you know saying I got paid and all that, and I'm going to go on easy shoot. That that's not their personality. It's not that that's not their football. That's not how I, they got here. So it goes a long way, and you can just see the um, the celebration in the locker room. Go to azcardinals.com and he got a game ball and he you could just see he loves um this team and you know he obviously was in um Houston for s- 7 years and i don't know if they were as close as this cardinal team now it's early um but again i think he did gives them a different element they didn't have the last couple of years
0: i know it's just one win but there are certainly uh beats the alternative first and foremost but uh always better to work on improvements, work on adjustments after a win as opposed to after a loss. And we can say this confidently here on this Monday, the Cardinals tied for first place in the NFC West.
1: Yeah, we don't have to say on paper anymore. True point. We now have seen it on the grass. That's right. And we'll judge with how every game goes and every week to week, and we'll tee it up. Now, you know, our colleague, Kyle Odegaard, um, he started looking ahead though Craig <laughs> he gave the cardinals schedule like the next four or five games um let's be honest to I me mean, usually you have a dud one game you can't you, you can't forecast it you can't predict it usually usually it happens on the road just because you get distracted and maybe not the fans but Kyle's looking ahead i'm and you know one game at a time it's the n f l did anyone think Washington was going to get eight sacks? On the Eagles, anyone think that Jacksonville was gonna win that game when they were quote tanking. So I don't want to get ahead. One game at a time.
0: Well, the next game, Washington coming up this Sunday, one oh five is the kickoff from State Farm Stadium, eight thirty AM. The pregame coverage begins on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. And I'm in agreement with you, MJ, as well as the schedule sets up over the next couple of weeks. I'm going to just strictly focus on the Washington football team and Washington football team only until we get to Sunday night Cardinal talk, and we can start then looking at Detroit.
1: Okay. This is something I thought about this morning. Because the Cardinals practice in a stadium with no fans, and some teams will go to the stadium maybe to have a scrimmage, maybe because they want to do a dress rehearsal, so let's say, you know, like, like Belichick was asked at the game, what what was the atmosphere like? He said, like, practice at the stadium. And so I, I started thinking, um, Cardinals practiced, what, 23 times at State Farm Stadium during training camp?
0: Sounds about right.
1: 23, right? Yeah. So they're familiar with it. Now, not every team had, you know, sometimes the stadium is a little bit further than the facility. Um But I think that really helped the Cardinals when it came to playing in a stadium that had no fans. Do you see any parallel there?
0: I think we need a little bit larger sample size.
1: Okay, that's fair. But I I think, you know, just again, every team will go to their stadium, just players have never been there before. They do a scrimmage. They go in the locker room. But I really believe by them having no fans, uh, and, again, uh, it's going to be like that for a while Hopefully things clear up, and you know, the Cardinals can have fans. You know, it's never going to be full capacity this year. I think only one team had fans yesterday. Um, so, but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with this, and we'll see if it has any, uh, you know, parallel uh, to, you know, because the next two games are going to be at home, and again, they practice in there with no fans this year. Um, so I think I think there's something to it, but we'll wait and see.
0: All right, let's revisit this conversation in a couple of weeks and see where the Cardinals stand at the moment, 1-0, and and a huge victory on the road against the San Francisco 49ers. And on that note, that's going to wrap up this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Special thanks, as always, to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cards Cover 2.